Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into DNVR Buffs post game. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I'm joined here by Ryan Konigsberg. And we're about to run through everything that just happened in the Buffs' 35-32 win over Stanford, getting them to 2-0. And if Arizona holds on, that's going to be good enough to get them into sole possession of first place in the Pac-12 South. Let's start out with our biggest takeaways from the game. Um, Ryan, what's the biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway is that I'm drinking whiskey for the second week in a row. <laughs> so mm. dumb. That is so dumb. Ah, that's good stuff. Um, mm. Sam Neuer is the truth. That wasn't a one-week UCLA is bad type of performance. This kid is in control at all times. Um, he's really accurate. He throws absolute BBs. Like, I didn't know he had an arm like that. And he looks like what you get when you start a senior quarterback. Now, what's crazy is, like, everyone thought it was some second-rate senior quarterback. But there's something about having a man out there surrounded by a bunch of boys, and that's what Sam Neuer looks like right now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to see what he looks like this season. So cool, so happy for him to be able to put this on display. But he really does look like a very good college quarterback. And that's something that I don't think a lot of Buss fans expected out of him. And honestly, that just makes it feel even better. But like Ryan was saying, the the ability to just rifle the ball into any window is something that, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, we haven't really seen at CU in a while. Like, even when Steven was on, just the ability for Sam to just put that little bit of extra juice on the ball, it's, it's pretty... It's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, you know, Steven Montez had a big arm, and it worked a lot. But Sam Neuer has – if Steven Montez had, like, a rocket launcher, Steve, uh, Sam Neuer has, like, a sniper. He does. And a sniper still can get a lot of velocity behind it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, he's been really accurate. Really the only thing that I've ever worried about is drops. Like, he's putting the ball in the right place almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interception, I get it. Because it was a perfectly drawn up play that worked every time in practice, I'm sure, this week. And he wanted that touchdown really bad. Mm-hmm. He threw it. They missed the stunt. And what can ha- what, what can you do? 
Other than that, though, four total touchdowns. He does look like Sefo Lufa out there. Neuer the Neuer the destroyer. Like Chef Neuer D. Chef Neuer D. I don't I'm care what you Chef want to call him. Chef Neuer D. Like that's when he's cooking from the pocket. Okay. But Neuer the destroyer is when he gets out on the move. Wow. Maybe he does deserve two nicknames. For all the different things that he's able to do for this offense, I think he does deserve two nicknames. We even got to see safety Sam Neuer on a play that didn't actually count. <laughs> that was incredible. After the fumble that was called back, Jared Broussard, progress was stopped. I mean, that was uh, Mangum. Oh, was it Mangum? Yeah. Oh, but, but yeah, Sam just turning around and so easily just like knocking the guy to the ground. Like he blew him up and it didn't even look like it phased him at all. That let, was so much fun. Let Chef Neuer D cook. Yeah. Uh, Michael Harrison said, Ryan, your shirt is dope. It is a dope shirt. Speaking of dope shirts. Wow, yeah. Speaking of dope we shirts. We just dropped a dope shirt, which you should go to dnvrlocker.com and cop this. That is the design right there. Pride and tradition. The pride and tradition of the Colorado Buffaloes will not be entrusted to the timid of the week. Uh, and that is my favorite thing about this team so far, Henry. They're not timid. They're not weak. Sam Neuer is like a gritty quarterback, and that gets me hyped. Uh -huh. um, so that design is awesome. Um, what's your biggest takeaway? Wait, my wait, biggest wait, wait, takeaway? I have a quick question while uh, I'm making the graphic. I have a mic so they can You do have me. a mic? Okay. Yes. Um, who is going to be the king of the game? Is it Sam Neuer? Chef Neuer D is the king of the game. Yeah, Four touchdowns. Four total I, touchdowns. I know. I, I mean, I said that earlier, but you guys were like, wait, wait, wait it out. So I just wanted to make sure before we get to that. You were right. It's you confirmed. were an hour ahead of us, Allie. Okay. My biggest takeaway, though, I mean, honestly, it, it probably is Sam. You know, as, as much as I wanted to believe last week, it was UCLA. And it was the first game, and they hadn't had a chance to scout him. And so you could see how maybe it could have been a little bit fluky. Um, but since you took that, I'm going to go with this defense, this this front seven specifically, and, and the defensive line even more specifically than that. They were creating chaos in the way that they've been saying that they wanted to create chaos all through camp. And to finally see that come through was just so comforting more than anything because you knew that for this football team to be anything more than you know what they've been in the past which is a team that can't quite take that extra step to get to a bowl game they needed to have that dominant unit and I think that they found it it is the defensive line like we'd hoped and maybe I'm not sure if we could say expected to see what we saw tonight but they were a little scared of Dorian Thompson Robinson they were that and caused them to not be as dominant as they could be today it was pin your ears back and go because yep. Davis Mills sucks. <laughs> That's what it looked like. That's <laughs> what it looked like. And sure, he probably didn't practice all that much this week because he was held out last week because of COVID. But, yeah, I think that you were you hit the nail right on the head there. Like, they were scared of DTR. And that's something we talked to Chris Wilson, the defensive line coach this week, uh, talked to Jalen Sami, who did a great job against the best center in the Pac-12 today right in the middle of that uh, – line of scrimmage but in talking to all these representatives of that defensive line what they said was we're trying to build a pocket around dtr and and then collapse that pocket whereas throughout camp the real focus had been penetrating getting into the backfield and today when they were really able to let loose i mean it was a surprise when there wasn't somebody in the backfield yeah yeah it was uh it, like you said i think you said the word comforting that's what that was mm -hmm. um, because in the Pac-12, if you can't get into the backfield, you're going to have a bad time. And last week they didn't like, they just weren't there. Uh, and that was, that was whatever the, that was concerning. Mm -hmm. And to see them this week against, again, a quarterback that you didn't have to worry about on the edge at all. Um, it was really comforting to see them get back there and wreak a little bit of havoc. Like when you go up against USC, 
which we talked about. Maybe we can talk about this a little bit later. Yeah. That could happen as soon as this week. It could. It uh, really could. And it, it kind of makes sense to me to, like, announce that as soon as possible so these teams can prepare for each other. But, like, you're going to need to create pressure. And when you do create pressure, you're going to be able to have a chance against that team. When you go up against ASU, that's when you're probably going to have to use more of a UCLA-type game plan. So, uh, I, lo- I just love that they were able to get in the backfield a little bit. Our guy, Will Whalen saying Flabongo. If we had anything, I mean anything, that I could chuck a beer <laughs> out of right now, uh, I would do it. Dude, Flabongo sounds so nice. Like, should I just chug my beer out of my glass? If you want to do that, I'll talk more about the defensive okay, line. go ahead. Seriously, the penetration from all of those guys. I mean, Carson Wells in particular, technically not a defensive lineman. He's an outside linebacker. But we saw what we expected to see last year from him. And, and the difference was that there was just real production. You know, Ali's, you Ali's got the buffs Vuvuzela. I should have chugged my beer out of that. <laughs> yeah, you should have. You should have. Speaking of which, Taylor Korniak scored her first goal as a professional today, which is pretty cool over in the Bundesliga. Congratulations to her. Yes. I, I feel like I have to talk like powerfully when I'm holding this. Uh, go ahead. Talk yeah. however you want. But Carson Wells looks so good. You know, he had a tough year last year after really bursting onto the scene the year prior. Um, but to see him do what he did today with a couple of pass breakups, uh, getting into the backfield, like he was just all over the place making plays. Okay. The last big takeaway that I have <laughs> That just has to be addressed. Okay. Is, um, for lack of a better term, buff shit, which is what allowed Stanford to get back into this football game. Um, I love when it happens and we still win. So, like, I'll just allow it and just pretend like it didn't happen and shake it off. Wins are wins. Conference wins are conference wins. Like, you know, if you beat CSU like this, you're worried because you're like, yeah, you can't do this mm-hmm. in the Pac 12. Well, they've done it in the Pac 12 two weeks in a row and they're 2 0. But with that being said, I always talk about how players and coaches are allowed to learn. And Carl Durrell is learning right now. And I think he's going to learn. Got to be a little more aggressive. Uh, It was three straight drives of three straight handoffs. Mm -hmm. And it was three straight three and outs. And that's the only reason why this wasn't a blowout. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a little bit frustrating. And I'm sure there are fans out there whining and moaning about it right now. I've seen them. Yep. Um, Not me. (laughs) No. Wins are wins. Yep. But... I just I want it to be a learning experience. Two weeks in a row mm-hmm. now, you've proven you can run the ball at all other times except for when they know you're running it no matter what. And, you know, it's worth mentioning that they didn't have Brady Russell out there. And, and sure. they didn't have their starting center, Colby Purcell, out there either. And that was something that they had to mess with throughout the game. Uh, they, they struggled early on. They moved Chance Lytle into the guard spot so, and moved Kari Cooch into the center spot. It's uh don't laugh don't Sorry. laugh don't laugh but uh you you know you you did see a little a, a couple of problems right there and I wouldn't be surprised if we look back at this game and what happened late and say you know what losing one of your better offensive linemen does cause some problems especially when you lose your starting tight end as well here's what I'll say though there are a lot of coaches who you can look at and say you made a mistake late in the game. And that's what let the the other team in. You know, that's a conversation it seems like we have weekly with Vic Fangio and the Broncos. It's like, why didn't you use a timeout this way? Why did you call a pass play there? Carl Durrell, sure, he's, he's let these games get a little bit closer than he probably had to. But at the same time, the Buffs were always in the in control. Like, they still haven't had an opponent take the ball in a one-score game in the second half this season. 
And and it's never gotten to the point where there was a real threat. Like either time it's been they can get an onside kick and get back into it. And I think it is worth remembering. I think that running the ball three times isn't the worst strategy. It worked. And that's what people have such a hard time with mm-hmm. is like, yeah, they won, but not the way I wanted them to win. Mm-hmm. But a coach is saying it worked. Yep. We took time off the clock mm-hmm. on three straight drives. And what we did was we left them down three with 10 seconds on the clock, having to go 92 yards or 50 yards to have a legitimate chance at a field goal. So it worked. And that's what people have to realize. I just hope that Carl Durrell knows that against teams that can score faster, against better teams, against all of those things, it's not going to work. And I actually like that he kind of got a, a test run of this against mm-hmm. two inferior teams. Um, because yeah. honestly, the Buffs probably should have, like on that third and one late, it was a perfect opportunity, for, in my opinion, to call something creative. And when I say creative, I just mean like a bootleg. A bootleg. A bootleg. Exactly. Because the worst case scenario is there's a, uh, you know, um, an edge player there who stays home and Sam Neuer just cradles and all, you know, you just fall to the ground and the exact same thing happens. You punt the ball. Um, but I watched, there was no one on the backside. So if he hands that off and takes the backside run, he gets an easy first down game over. So again, like they, I know that Carl Durrell and Darren Cheverini will see that on film mm-hmm. and say like, huh, next time we can call this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's all I want from them. Learning in wins is the best thing ever. Uh, and it's what they've done two times in a row. Now they learned from stuff last week that helped them win this week. Mm-hmm. They learned from stuff this week that hopefully helps them win next week. Carl Durrell is still getting his feet back under him as a head coach. You know, he's not, this isn't his first time, but it, I mean, it might as well be. It has been so long since he's been a head coach that he's kind of relearning his feel for the game from the head coach position. And, and, uh, and I just, I'm just so proud of this team, dude. Two and Like I, there's nothing more I could ask for. Nothing. People did not expect that. Mel Tucker's one and three. <laughs> yes, Allie? <laughs> um, I just want to pull up a stats graphic so you guys can talk about yeah, a little more numbers. Stats. All right. Look at the rushing yards. Wow. Wow. That is so nice. Stanford, you know, the, the like old school punch you in the mouth. Stanford goes for 70 yards. That's why you won this game. You made them one dimensional. <clears throat> you went at their strength and you beat them because their strength is in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And, and the buffs... You know, uh, what I really liked this week was Carl Durrell talking about getting a winning average out of his offensive and defensive lines. You know, saying this this isn't just a quick, you know, you, you won on this play, so feel good about it, or you lost on this play, and that decides it. No, it's about the percentages at the end of the game. And on both sides of the ball, even though there were some backs and fourths, at the end of the day, they did what they needed to do and beat up Stanford in the trenches. You know, just kind of round out this end-of-the-game talk, What I do want to say is that when you're sitting there with five or six minutes or however much time is left and whatever the situation was, what Carl Durrell knew was if we just run the ball three times and we get three possessions and we make them take their time getting up the field, that's a winning formula. And he just stuck to the formula all the way through. and, And he was right that it does work when you have whatever the time was, whatever the timeout situation was. Sure, everything kind of broke as poorly as it could have for the buffs. You know, except I guess, for the onside kick. Except for the onside kick again. Vontae Chenault, by mm-hmm. the way, and we'll get to helmet stickers here in a second. We sure will. That was a nice game, though. He just, like, he short-stopped it. Soft hands. Didn't bounce off his hands at all. He just kind of trapped it there. That was a good kick. 
It was a really good onside kick. It like was. It, it hit them in a dangerous position, and he knocked it down perfectly. He sure did. Um, but, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for my takeaways. Uh, I guess we should uh, talk about Breckenridge Brewery real quick. Uh, I'm drinking the uh, Breck Lager right now. It's a little bit too far away, so I can't take a drink at the moment. Get but it. But it is, it is very good. No, Go I, get can, it. I can't talk. Go Will you it. talk about Breckenridge? I'll talk yet? about Breckenridge Brewery. Um, I, of course... When you saw me down my beer, down an RK special, um, half Strawberry Sky, half Hot Peak, elite combination of beers. Uh, and as we learned on a, on a tailgate episode a couple weeks ago, there's no such thing as a bad combination of Breck brews. Whether you're just having a single Breck brew or any combination of two other Breck brews, elite across the board. More than two, though. You know, when Eric made the brew aside. That was fine. That's yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a stretch. It was fun. It it only sm it didn't smell very good, but it tasted good. I mean, you if you mix eight beers together, you expect it to not taste good. It tasted okay. okay. I guess I guess it, under like the the bar being set at eight beers mixed together, it was a pretty good beer. <laughs> but pretty much everything else was really good. Just like everything that you buy and drink on its own from Breckenridge Brewery, uh, which you can do at all sorts of different places, uh, most gas stations, grocery stores, wherever. Uh, but if you have one in mind that you want to try, get on the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. It'll tell you exactly where to go. I just had the Juice Drop IPA for the first time yesterday. Uh, it's a new IPA from Breck Brew. A little hazy IPA, you know, got some color to it um really good citrusy got that hoppiness that you look for but also smooth what i always look for in breck brews is the smoothness and they're always mm. smooth they are always very smooth um i do want to say uh we're going to be closing this show out by taking questions so if you guys have any questions whether you're watching on periscope or youtube wherever uh leave those questions in the chat and we'll go back through all of them at the end uh also want to say if you are watching on youtube which we would love you love for you to do uh like this video subscribe turn click on the little bell so you get the notification whenever we go live uh and we would really appreciate that all right uh this Sunday will truly be like no other. With this weekend's major golf tournament, along with both professional and collegiate football, there will be no shortage of action at DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, so jump on DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Let me um, tell you, yeah? last two weeks when I jumped on DraftKings Sportsbook, things go well, uh, especially with the buffs. Because yeah. it was, what, plus 175 <laughs> last week, plus 275 this week. Uh, add those together. I put two units on it both times. So uh, I'm up like six units thanks to the buffs. I don't know why those lines were set the way they were set. Like we wanted to make the headline of this like buffs, like Sam Neuer leads buffs to another big upset. A nine point as a nine point underdog when you win that is a big upset. At zero times during this game did it ever feel like the buffs were an underdog. Seriously, not never, never, never. So I don't even feel good calling it an upset. That wasn't an upset to me. Yeah, and and when I was calling it a toss up all week. I think I was wrong. Like, the Buffs did just look like the better football team, which was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, there's going to actually be Pac-12 football tomorrow uh, with uh, because of the reschedule. Oh, that's yeah, what's up. Okay. Because Cal, Cal can play because Arizona State got sick. So Cal's going to take on Utah's opponent, which was... UCLA? Yes, it is UCLA. So I think it's like 9 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow. 
Uh, so there's some Pac-12 action too. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun. I've been doing real well on my Pac-12 picks. I think USC is going to be my first miss. But hopefully you guys jump in and play too. Especially because if you're a new user, tomorrow you can get covered up to $100 by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, so make sure you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up. And you'll get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. You bet, and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code DNVR during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, time now for our draft king of the game. And as we mentioned earlier... Chef mm. Noyardee. Crown right looks there. good on him. Crown does look good on him. I have a feeling we might be seeing uh, a crown on Chef Noyardee here. And, and a the few graphic times. isn't really doing justice to him because he actually had four touchdowns. Of course, just two passing touchdowns, mm -hmm. but two running touchdowns as well. So 15 and 24, 220, 255 yards, two touchdowns. One interception. My apologies. My apologies. That is that's a good quarterback. Just trying to game. get the graphic you add done. In, that Neuer the Destroyer had two touchdowns on the yeah. ground as well. Yeah. Uh, including one where he trucked a dude wow. in midair. Uh, and we also should have added in there one karate kick. That was incredible. That was incredible. I am all here for Sam Neuer trying to jump over people. Yeah, he just wants to jump over everyone. It, it isn't very often that it works perfectly, but more often than not, something good comes of it. Whether he's kneeing somebody in the face mask, whether he's reaching over somebody for a touchdown, Sam Neuer jumping has never been a bad thing. Yeah, uh, first he jumped over Tyler Lytle on the depth <laughs> chart. Now he's jumping over everyone on the field. Ah, uh, good one. Um, thank you, thank you. Uh, I there do... you go. Look at look at Matt Beckel here. Buffs have as many wins as Michigan State and Nebraska combined with one-fourth <laughs> of the games played. Isn't that nice? And Nebraska, like, they beat, Penn, they beat Penn State today in what was called the bottom 25 game of the week. Wow. Oh, those poor people. Yep. Can't yep. imagine what it is, what it would feel like to not and be a Buffs of fan. Teams like Nebraska and Michigan State that are underachievers annually. Uh, remember when Justin said that he thought CSU might beat CU this year <laughs> before they played a game? Oh my goodness! What would it happen to CSU against Stanford? What would happen to CSU against CU? Oh my goodness! I mean, it it, it would be brutal. Yeah, it would. I mean, somehow it would have ended up being a three-point game at the end. No, 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 <laughs> no. That's against Pac-12 teams. Okay. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Um, before we get into the rest of the helmet stickers, I have one question for you, Ryan. If you had to choose one player to be draft king of the game, but we separated Chef Noyardee from Neuer the Destroyer, who would get the draft king of the game? Uh, Chef Noyardee would be the draft king of the game still because he just made big plays in big moments. Um, the Neuer the Destroyer stuff was fantastic because it, he scored two touchdowns on the ground eric no you aren't no um <laughs> no 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 um look at that thing that looks so nice so good someone actually credit to eric someone who remained a nameless said like man i can't believe eric put so much work good work into yeah. a cu shirt and i was like eric is an incredible artist like it doesn't matter what it is he's not gonna half-ass anything i know i think after making this he's gonna realize how great the colors are and he's just gonna oh, he's never gonna he go back. It's he all knows. just gonna be CU shirts from here on out. <laughs> it gotta be so much more fun to design. All right. Uh helmet stickers though. 
Yeah. Uh, this is the part of the show where uh, we give out helmet stickers for players who did well. I think that was pretty self-explanatory. Some people might be new here. <laughs> um, but, but who's who's your first helmet sticker going to, Ryan? First of all, I want to ask you this. Should the buffs have helmet stickers? No. Okay. I, if, if you asked me, should the buffs have started putting helmet stickers on 60 years ago, uh. then we could have a conversation at this point. No, you're not a helmet sticker program. You, you go with the traditions. You are what you are. Okay. Uh, um, I think they, I want to say they should, but I actually think the helmet is so perfect that it doesn't need anything added to it. Agreed. Like, there's actually too much going on on the back of it right now. I heard you talk about that. There are there are, there's, there's like a, a Pac-12 sticker. There's a Colorado flag and an American flag crossing against each other. I think there's someone's signature. I don't even know who that is. I'm yeah, sure it's meaningful. It is very meaningful. Um, there is like uh, like a, a safety sticker or something. Just too many things. I, strip it all <laughs> off. I'm cool with the signature. I don't know who it is. Does anyone know what the signature is? Oh uh, yeah. Love to know. Uh, you know what it is? I do. One of the Buffs equipment manager's wife died. Oh, uh, okay. This year. And uh, that's her signature. So, again, keep that. That's keep fine. that, yes. Everything else, I'm fine with it just going. The safety sticker in particular is the one that I just don't <laughs> understand. Like, like, you think you've gotten to the point where you're now in college football. You'd realize, yes, this helmet doesn't protect against everything. Right, Why, right. Let's put it on because, the inside. Put it right here where they can actually read it. It's not mm. like they're looking at the back of their head on the football field. There's not even a mirror anywhere out there. Okay, anyways. Uh, that doesn't My matter. first yeah. um, helmet sticker, uh, I mentioned him a second ago, is going to Vontae Chenault. Um, wow. First one. Yeah. I mean, we already, you know, Chef Noirdi got king of the game. It's like when someone's get gets MVP, they don't also need offensive player of the year or whatever it is. Like, uh, that's true. Vontae Chenault made multiple big plays, including the game winning play, which was recovering the onside kick. He, he did right by the Chenault name and in he his did. first ever game, one more, yeah. he had a, he had a jump ball. Uh, on a free play that if he brings that in, it's like a perfect game for him. But in his first game ever, he did right by the Chenault name, made some of the biggest plays of the game, and man, I'm really excited to see him ball. Henry, we saw guys like Jalen Jackson making plays today, and Brendan Rice scored a touchdown, and we'll, we could go through the whole list of these guys. They still haven't had Katie Nixon who would have been considered before the season started their most dangerous offensive weapon. It's pretty incredible. It is so incredible, honestly. I mean, and again, this is just one more time we have to say, like, shout out to Darren Cheverini for putting all of that together. Yep. Because that is not easy to do. To, nope. to, to build the receiver's room that he had two, three years ago and keep it going and going and going to the point where you still have this much talent and so many guys who you can't even fit them on the field – it's it's pretty cool and it's so exciting just to even see the flashes of Brendan Rice out there and the flashes of Jalen Jackson, you know Maurice Bell carving out a real role. It's uh, I mean with Sam Neuer at quarterback, the ability to take advantage of all those guys. This is going to be one of the more productive receivers groups in all of the Pac-12, and that's only going to be even more true once you get Katie Nixon back. Um, my first, my first uh, helmet sticker, I'm going to stick on the offensive side of the ball, Dimitri Stanley. I, I think that we, we saw him last week produce in the first half, kind of show the rapport that he seems to have with Sam Neuer, but he has looked 
very good throughout both of these games. You know, he's able to get open. He's catching balls. He's able to run after the catch. He had the big run that I think we're about to see. Yeah, we have his touchdown right here. Well, let's, let's watch. Yeah. But, I mean, that is a very good slot receiver. And you remember Woo! Sam Neuer's interception? That was a deep ball to Dimitri Stanley, who was running a streak from the slot. He has that kind of speed to stretch the field vertically, but then he also catches a ball on the sideline, wears the hit, and holds onto the ball. Mm. Those are the two things that you need out of a slot receiver, that and the ability to find you gas the in the zone. see the fake from, from Chef Noyardi? The big fake. <laughs> it was almost like the first fake wasn't big enough, and he faked again. Well, that's why Dimitri Stanley scores that touchdown, though, because the safety starts heading the other way. Huh. And by safety, you don't mean... Sam Neuer. No, I don't. The, I don't. Look at that. The actual safety. Uh, see ya. Yeah. Where are you? Oh, you're frozen because he threw that pump fake, and now it's a touchdown. Uh, Dimitri Stanley has been awesome two games in a row now. Yeah. And he's a true sophomore, right? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, I think so. He might be a redshirt sophomore. Doesn't matter. Do does not matter. He has I three more years regardless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he wants them. But yeah. I, it's, it is just so cool to see. I mean, we'll go through the stats. Six catches for 126 yards and a touchdown. Ooh. Oh, that's nice. What did he have last week? Um, I believe he also had six catches last week, mostly in the first half. Yeah, but for 66 yards, no touchdowns. So 12 catches, almost 200 yards, and two touchdowns? No touchdowns. One, One touchdown. touchdown. Uh, nice start. Yeah. Um, Remember that? Yes. No, I okay. meant no touchdowns last week. <laughs> um, defensive side of the ball? Yeah. Uh, obviously, the first one that I'm going to give out on the defensive side of the ball has to go to Terrence Lang. I believe yeah. he had four tackles for loss, maybe just three. <laughs> um, but either way, really impactful plays. He had a fourth down stop um, and just was constantly living in the backfield, creating havoc. You know, if he plays like that, and Mustafa Johnson plays like we know Mustafa Johnson can. And Carson Wells plays well on the edge. Like Jalen Sami. Yes. Oh. I mean, this today illuminated what this defensive line can be. Uh, and it's exciting. It's yeah. really exciting. And you see guys like Janaz Jordan getting in there, too, yes. making plays. He's a big like, boy, too. That is just such a healthy room of football players. You know, you, you have guys like Terrence Lang, who two years ago, he was a situational pass rusher. Last year, he doubles his production, goes from like two sacks to four sacks, goes from two tackles for loss to four tackles for loss as he becomes a starter. And then this year, he proves that that six foot seven frame is capable of all the things that we knew that it was capable of by almost matching his season tackles for loss numbers in one game. I mean, this group is, it's very good and very talented, but it's also so deep and Stanford's offensive line is one of the best lines in the conference. I mentioned Drew Dahlman, the center. I think he is the best center in the uh, Pac-12. You have the right tackle, Foster Sorrell. This isn't an easy group to do that to. Uh, as we welcome the third member of our uh, little thing we got going here into the show. picture. Is, is it a show? Yeah, okay. you can call it a show. It's a, it's a show. Uh, this is Ben Girding. The D well, I mean, they can see you his can't see Those are his hands That's his and crotch. his slacks. Yep. <laughs> There, there we go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that face. Wow. Fresh-faced and ready to talk. Ben just listened in to the uh, whole post-game media conference, and we're going to touch on some of the notes from that after we finish up the helmet stickers. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, Terrence Lang looked incredible. Um, ben, why don't you give us a helmet sticker? We'll tell you if we already did it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, <it's> perfect. <laughs> Rambling right up the top of my head. You uh, let me just – don't say it out loud. 
Okay, so I'll tell you uh, how many we've given out so far. We've already given out our king of the game. Okay. And three helmet stickers. So try and go deep into your uh, your bag here. Okay. Well, uh, I think king of the game has to be Sam Neuer. Yes. You, yes. Okay. Uh, I heard the last bit of that bit. So helmet sticker to Terrence Lang. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. so we're only... No, we are three deep. Yep. Uh, another one to Dimitri Stanley. Yes. Yep. And let's say the last one, Carson Wells. No. Oh. So there's yours. Okay. Yeah. Carson Wells in. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Carson Wells, he actually got to talk to us on the post-game presser too. And he just has a nice energy and presence about him. But also- Let me know, just say, you have a really nice energy and presence about you does, right now. does, doesn't he? Well, well shucks, guys. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. You know, he, he was just asked a lot about, you know, what was it like on third down? And just very quick answers, very quick hitters is just, you know, that's the game plan. That's our money down. We got to stop him there. Um, another one, too, on, on the late game problems. He was asked directly, you know, how are you feeling about- you know, the team another week in a row here having some struggles down the line. And he said, point blank, my heart can't take it anymore. <laughs> so, so I think, you and us both, yes, Carson. So same, I think Carson same, understands same. where Buffs fans are at. And, uh, you know, hopefully that means next week we won't have to worry about that. Yeah. You know what I just love, though, is there was a time in, in the, you know, uh, world of Colorado football where they would have lost both of these games. Huh. And we would be here <laughs> pulling our hair out, you know, pounding on the table just inconsolable over these two losses yep and i think it says a lot about just the trajectory of the program that they're past yep. that point now yep. that doesn't mean they're not going to blow one at some point this year and their their opponents are going to get more difficult as we go but i think just the fact that two weeks in a row now it's been a you know for lack of a better term a cheat clencher <laughs> and they've come out with it and won makes me feel really good about the that they've that this program as a whole has taken a step forward because there was a time where these would have been losses. Yeah, but, but again, I feel like they are very much in control at the end of games. Yep. You know, it, it might be a little bit shady, but it works out in the end. I'll go. I'll give another helmet sticker. Um, you took Carson Wells, which was a good one. Can I ask real quick who was the one I missed? Uh, Vontae Chanel. Okay. Yeah. Good one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna throw Nate Lamon in there oh, yeah. Ag again. What a steadying force. Uh, the ability to just knock a guy backwards is... He makes his presence <sighs> felt every game. Absolutely. He does. And, and sure, there was like a, a big whiff on a tackle. There were situations where he could have said, like, could he have been in a little bit tighter coverage? Sure. But also there were a lot of times where he was the reason that this Stanford running game wasn't able to get going. The, the way he blitzes, the way he's able to play the run game without blitzing, like this is just a really, really good linebacker and there's he's a, needed. There's a thing in football that, you know, in 2020, not everyone wants to acknowledge. Uh, and it, you know, it kind of gets, it's, it's just like spoken quietly. But when there is a player on the field who, for lack of a better way of putting it, is out there trying to hurt people, it changes the dynamic of your defense. Look at Kareem Jackson for the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Like he is a missile at all times. And he just like, doesn't really care what happens to the person on the other end of it. And does Nate Landman sometimes get himself taken out of games because of this? Yes. But you have to have a little bit of crazy on your defense. Like look at the Broncos in 2015 when they had one of the best defenses in a long time. And they had a lot of crazy on that defense. Yeah. You need defense and crazy goes hand in hand. And Nate Landman has a little bit of crazy in him. And, and sometimes it's going to make you, you know, put your head in your hands. But on a weekly basis, 
he makes sure the offense knows where he is and knows that he's there. Uh, and that that that's deserving of a helmet sticker in itself. Yeah. And and not only does he not really have much regard for, you know, who he's tackling, who he's going after, he doesn't really have much regard for his own body. No. I mean, he he goes in there to stick people. Yep. And again, if you have a defense of 11 guys like that, you're going to get flagged a ton, but if you just have, you know, maybe one or two of those big hitters, those big playmakers, it's really going to translate that energy to the rest of your team. Yeah, and you know, Quinn Perry, the linebacker, got in there sometime in the second half. And we talked to him uh, a few weeks ago during uh, fall camp. And so when I saw him on the field, I was like, okay, better search through my notes. What, what did they say about him? And, and so I went through and I found this. Uh, when somebody asked, what have you learned from Nate Landman? And what he said <laughs> was that it's all about the physicality. And the quote that I wrote down was, unleash hell on everybody. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. And that's what you need those linebackers to do. And they are doing it. This front seven... It's, it's one of the best front sevens in the Pac-12. And sure, we don't know what exactly Stanford is this year. Are they closer to, like, David Shaw's 72% win percentage over his career? Are they closer to the 4-8 and eight team they were last year? Who knows? But they are always good in the trenches. And even last week against Oregon, you know, I, I just about gave that helmet sticker to Jalen Sami. I've been hyping it up all week. When, when, they, when Stanford ran through the A-gaps right next to that great center, they had 10.7 yards per carry last week on 14 carries against Oregon. You said something when we were sitting downstairs, and you said if you watched the last two Stanford games blindly, you would think that Colorado was the tougher opponent. Yeah, and that was before the late Stanford yeah, run. Matter. But, yeah, seriously, <laughs> when, when it still, mattered, that's what it looked like, yep. and that was pretty cool to see today. You got Stanford uh, 70 yards on the day, averaging 3.3 yards per carry. I mean, comparing that to what they did last week, just like you yeah. said against Oregon, I mean, it's a, it's a non-compete. This Colorado front seven, is it's legit. It's legit. Mm -hmm. It really we is. We have a lot of people in the comments talking about how they would give their helmet sticker to the entire offensive line as well. That's yeah. really Buffs Nation is behind that one. I, I love this offensive line. Honestly, I thought they could have been a little better today. Um, I think when they get their starter back. I, we saw that uh, Jarek Broussard just prints 100-yard games. Like, that wasn't even an exciting 100-yard game for him. It was just like a, a workman-like – what was it, 120? 121, yeah. yeah. 27 carries. Okay, they got to chill on that. I know, but but he can withstand it. When you look at I the know. guys, 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, yeah, but he has like 60 carries in two games. <laughs> Which is a also season, so. incredible. <laughs> it is a short season. I like that. That's a good point. Um, I want to give one, though. Uh, one last one for me. Jerry Rice's son that was gonna be my scored shout a touchdown out. for the Colorado Buffaloes today. That was going to be my uh, shout-out, but I've got the highlight here. Well, for I didn't everyone. know you were giving shout-outs or else I would have given you a chance. <laughs> well, you know, I you was give trying to get other your attention. You know, I'm let's behind the scenes. Okay. Let's, let's watch Jerry Rice's son score a touchdown for the Colorado Buffaloes. I can't say that enough. Oh, it's so nice. Honestly, Bottom of the screen there. From Stanford. Well, that's fair. <laughs> but look Ooh, at that. He was wide Number two, walking open. into the end zone. And, and feels just like old times. Seeing that, it, it just feels like everything that we wanted to see this season is happening. You know, save for maybe like a little more from Ashad Clayton, who finally did get on the field today, had like the four yards on one run. It was good to see him out there. Want to see Antonio Alfano at some point. But outside of that, seeing Vontae make plays, seeing Brendan, Brendan Rice man. score a touchdown, seeing Sam Neuer do what he's doing, this defense living up to pretty much all of the hype that we've been keeping on top of them that almost nobody else outside of Boulder has, it, it just feels pretty nice. What's crazy is, you know, Sam Neuer didn't have to do anything on this play, yeah. but um, 
I'm I'm super excited for Brendan Rice. Um, I love you mentioned early in the game that they you know it was a sh- third and short and they ran behind Brendan Rice. Like that shows you yeah, what a physical freak he is uh, to be. What? How old is he? 17 years old. And he almost made that play on the sideline too. Right. The, yeah. the the free play double coverage fought his way back through mm-hmm. and it was it was good coverage from a defender and that's a ball that typically doesn't get thrown because it's such a risky pass. He fought well and gave himself a chance to catch it. That's but, tough to do when you're his age. What I wanted to point out though is that Sam Neuer completely changes the trajectory of this program for the next 2 years. Yeah. Because 6 months ago we were saying like just start Brendan Rice, live with all the freshman bumps, mm-hmm. and get started on the track towards his you know, future greatness. Well, think of it this way. If Sam Norris keeps playing like this, not only do, are you obviously not you, – you, you're not going to see Brendan Rice this year. Mm-hmm. He can also redshirt next year. And then you have four years after that of Brendan <laughs> Rice. He'll be a junior – in school years, the first time he steps on foot on the field and have four years of eligibility in front of him. If that's what they want to do, that is on the table. Yeah. And and it's not like he's the only receiver in this class. Well, I'm you, talking about I'm oh, talking Brendan, Lewis. Brendan Lewis. Oh, I was thinking Did Brendan I said, Rice. I might have said Brendan Rice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's all right. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a victory Saturday. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, though. It. Yeah. But I they chugged want. my beer. I'm <laughs> almost done with my Winsky. <laughs> If they wanted, they could do that with Brendan Rice, though. They have so many good receivers. Montana Lamonius Craig made it into the game last week. Keith Miller is somebody we haven't seen, but I'm really excited about. These young guys are going to have plenty of time in this program. In, in terms of like a year for all of this to happen, where the, the it doesn't count for eligibility, all of that kind of stuff, this was the year when you have Absolutely. the recruiting class they had last year. Um, but before we move on to everything you learned from that press conference, are there any other helmet st- stickers we want to get out? Man, um, trying to think if there's any. I mean, I think Jared we haven't Broussard, given one to Broussard. Yeah, yet. I was yeah, gonna say Jared Broussard it. probably throw it in there because he had 121. You know, it was just an incredible game. And you know, just to touch on that point too, Ryan. I mean, this season is so exciting because, like you said originally, this was supposed to be that developmental year. And as they're blaring ACDC in the background and getting me all pumped up uh, <laughs> down at the bar. Uh, you know, now you've got stability for now, so you can win from now on as well. As, you know, Broncos fans know, John Elway was, was big on, didn't work for him, but maybe <laughs> it will for us now with the Colorado Buffaloes. I mean, Jarek Broussard, fantastic game. And again, that offensive line, they did have some holes. That, that move mm-hmm. of, of moving Cushion at center, and it, it was felt uh, at times. But yeah, I mean, holistically, the entire offense really played very well. Yep. You're one... I mean, we've been here before, <laughs> but you're one win away from bowl eligibility. And coming into this year, I was very, you know, adamant about the fact that I had no expectations. Um, and I'm just going to stay in that spot. Like, I have no expectations from here on out, but I really like the way that this team plays football. Yeah. And I think they're going to have a chance in every game they play. Um, and as long as they make big plays and big moments, they should be going bowling this year if, when push comes to shove, bowls actually happen. I don't know what's going to happen when it comes to that. But Carl Durrell has never not taken a team to a bowl game as a head coach. It's true. One win away. It's true. Um, Or if you – I don't know how it works. Maybe they're two wins away because they will end up playing seven games when all of a sudden – I'm actually not sure. They they said that it doesn't matter about win win percentage. Every single team is eligible. But then then they said something about Pac-12 teams. Then the Pac-12 decided that they were requiring that its schools be at least 500 to make a bowl game. 
Well, we won't. Which have to was worry a contentious decision. Because right now the Colorado Buffaloes are two and zero, and they're tied for first in the Pac-12 South. Bigger so question is what do they have to do to get into the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's what we should be talking. Seriously, about. a bowl game. <laughs> yeah. All right. And we, um, we do have Matt here in the comments letting us know that Oregon is losing to WSU, Washington State. No way. I said it on bets this week, and. Um, I don't want to speak too soon because I spoke too soon on Notre Dame. They ended up <laughs> blowing out BC. Um, Washington State is sneaky good still. You know, they lost Mike Leach and their offense is still mm -hmm. legit. They have this freshman quarterback, Delora. De Deloria? Delora? I think it's just Delora, Delora. which is weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's nice. Yeah, he's the one who's, uh, I believe, from Honolulu. Eight of 11, 122 yards, and two touchdowns Ooh. right now. Yeah. So, yeah, he is from Honolulu. So, so Nick Rolovich, the new coach, replaces Mike Leach. He was coaching at Hawaii, was scouting him, and then brought him to Washington State and is starting him as a true freshman. Wow. Jaden pretty cool, Pretty cool story. Um, but, yeah, back to buff stuff. Um, <laughs> no more helmet stickers. I'm good. I'm You're good. good. You're good. All right. Uh, before we get into your notes from the press conference, uh, I want to remind everybody, first of all, to like this if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, all that kind of stuff, but also to get your questions into the chat because we're going to be going through all of those in just a minute. And if you don't have any questions, start thinking of some. All right. Uh, what, what are your big takeaways from the press conference? Yeah. So we had three people uh, come and speak. Uh, it was a little bit delayed. So I think they cut somebody off because they said they had to go catch the bus. Uh, to me, I don't yep. understand. You own the plane, I think. So, <laughs> But anyway, uh, so we spoke with Carl Durrell, Carson Wells, and Sam Neuer today. Carl Durrell, again, has that same energy where, you know, now you're 2-0. and You might expect a coach to maybe get a little bit more excited. He remains even keeled. And I think that's okay when you have other coaches on this staff like Darren Shiverini, who can get your team riled up and, and really be that rah-rah guy. So in that case, it's it's oh, totally okay for Carl Durrell to remain very steady. Um, it adds to it that he has the mask on, but literally his demeanor does not change ever at any point during the game. Yep. It's, kind, it's comforting for me. Like whenever they cut to him, the same. And, like, it brings me back down to neutral every time they show him on camera. Yep. I mean, he's, he's yeah. not worried. And he talked a little bit about the, the end of the fourth quarter as well. He was directly asked, you know, did you take your gas or the, the pedal off the gas? And he said, no, but we wanted to play smart. On that last drive, he said, we're running this ball three times because they don't have the timeouts. We're going to mm -hmm. do that. It's math. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, uh, with that in mind, too, he immediately cited that punt where we were all sitting around watching the game let it bounce he immediately said you know that punt was good we should have let it roll a little bit take some more time off the clock and i like that too because he immediately knew he wasn't asked directly about the punt but he's a smart guy he's been coaching for what 32 years across college and the nfl mm -hmm. he knows so much about this sport that he immediately picked up on it and was ready to you know he can di digest that with the team and i don't think they'll make that same mistake again they won't yeah and that's again learning and winning it's the best thing that you can do in football yep uh, and even then, what, what were the? Did they only get one playoff? Yep. Even that? Even it, at it the, was the hook and ladder, yeah. 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 So it didn't matter. Yep. Uh, again, but I like I love that. It didn't matter. He st it's it mattered to Coach Terrell. Yeah. Because he knows that they can be better, smarter, and improve in lots of different areas. And again, that just goes into winning and learning, winning yep. and learning. 
And he talked too about you know playing with a comfortable lead, and then he took a step back and said, and also I hate using the term comfortable lead because you know as we all saw today, and as Buffs fans have been seeing for decades, no lead is ever comfortable. Um, but he said you know that's just part of the maturation process, and he cited that this is a young team. He said we've got a freshman cornerback <laughs> referencing Christian Gonzalez that they're going to go in and pick on, and they've just got to be able to go with the lumps and go with it. Uh, another interesting thing too from Darrell, he was asked if they thought the Buffs should be ranked in the top 25 this upcoming week. He kind of chuckled a bit, said it's not his place to comment on it, but he said, I hope this team earns the recognition they deserve in time. So it's again, it's that nice quiet confidence yeah, that comes yeah. from Darrell and it trickles from the top down. Neuer talked about it too when he was up there is, you know, we're not going to go out there and be bold and be arrogant about it because, quite frankly, they haven't earned the right to be arrogant yet. Mm -hmm. But they believe in themselves, and they believe in the program that Darrell is, is building, and it really shows. Yeah. and you, Feels you, good. You have to wonder what's going through Carl Durrell's head. You know, to be in this particular situation, you know, n not having a head coaching job for 13 years, when and knowing the whole time, as he's told us, that he was doing everything that he was doing thinking I am going to be a head coach again. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm just going to make myself the best head coach possible when that day comes. On top of that, knowing you want to retire in Boulder. His family had already built a house. He was actually out in Boulder visiting when the job came open and Rick George called and said, hey, do you think you could come out and talk? He's like, well, I'm already actually in town. We built a house here. These are Colorado people who want to be here, want to win here. And there's a certain kind of pressure that I feel like would come with that. And to see him just handle everything the way he's handled it, it's been really impressive. It's been really impressive. And I hope that him and Sam Neuer can bond over this because they both traveled the same path, which is, and, you know, again, I said this last week, Buffs fans are my people. I love these people. But they already, you know, for lack of a better term, pronounced both of these guys dead before they even had a chance to show what they had. Mm -hmm. And Carl Durrell has coached two really good games. His team looks like a well-prepared football team to me um, from a game plan standpoint in both games. Looks really well-prepared. And Sam Neuer the same way. Everyone decided that this season was a throwaway season the second that Sam Neuer was announced as the, as the quarterback. I hope those two have like a little bond over that, which is like no one believes in us. Like, I'm sorry. Like... I, all many of my friends were saying like oh like Durrell is just you know a uh, sacrificial lamb like go out there and just take the beating for two years and get fired before they can hire someone better uh and and I hope both of these guys continue to prove people wrong I hope so too Absolutely. I hope so too I mean I think there's something to that underdog mentality especially with this team that you touched on and I mentioned it before I'll say it again at this point I want all my quarterbacks to play safety because the way <laughs> Sam Neuer is playing out on that field it's determined he plays, it's tough. He plays yes, quarterback he like plays, a safety exactly yeah. and that's what you know maybe you don't necessarily need that from your quarterback you want him to take less hits when he can but he's not afraid to put his body on the line. He's not afraid to put the team first. And I love that. And also, too, people forget, you know, Carl Durrell, yeah, he was a head coach, you know, a decade and a half ago at UCLA. He took that team five years, five straight bowl trips. UCLA determined that that wasn't good enough for their program, and we've seen how well that's gone for them since. It's good enough for us, I promise. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> five for five would make Buffs fans in Boulder I'll extraordinarily I'll take one happy. for five. Yes. So I, I think there's something to that. This guy, he's 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 the one for this job I think um, he's done a great job speaking of sam neuer and playing safety i feel like it this was decided to be a, a bad thing oh yeah i think it has unequivocally proven itself to be Absolutely. a good thing not only is he making all the plays with his arm 
he's making all the plays with his eyes. I haven't yeah. seen him make a bad read yet. Mm -hmm. Look, the interception he threw today was the correct read. And he how just do got you not give, as he's throwing the ball. How do you not give Dimitri Stanley a chance to go catch a ball when he has three steps on every defender? Exactly. If he can step into that throw correctly, that's a mm -hmm. touchdown. And, you know, the reason there was pressure up the middle, that came from the spot where Kari Cooch or Kari Cooch would have been had Colby Purcell <laughs> Every, okay, had had Colby Purcell been in the game, you know, even the mistakes, you can say, well, here's why it happened, and I don't think that's going to be the case three weeks from now. Like I said, the, my biggest worry is dropped passes. Like yeah. he's putting the ball in the right spot. He knows what the defense is supposed to do, mm -hmm. and so he is feeding off of that. I'm with you. I mean, it's Brennan Lewis. Put Who? him on defense. Exactly. What I'm saying is put him on yeah, yeah. put him in the safety room right now for the rest of this year. Let him start figuring out what defenses are supposed to do. Uh, and uh, it's really impressive to me the reads he's making. Like he's making, yeah. um, you know, Andre Simone, who watches hundreds of college quarterbacks every year, is texting me. He's like, it's incredible how competent he is compared to college quarterbacks around the league. You just see college quarterbacks all over college football making incorrect reads and just kind of predetermining where they're going to throw the ball before it starts. This kid is hitting his back foot, going through his progressions and delivering the ball in the right places like time and time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because the buffs, they've had these huge leads and then the other team has crept back. Not one time. Can I point to a Sam Neuer mistake or decision as a reason why the other team is getting back in the game. And I think that's great because of everything that you touched on. I mean, again, it's only been two starts. So he, you know, there could be a reasonable expectation for him to regress for a game, but he is putting together a whole package between the talent. Sefo this week talked about how he's got the tightest mechanics of any other quarterback he's been with. You know, he's got obviously the mental game with reading and he's got the athleticism where they can run a diverse offense and Darren Shaverini can really just, you know, work with whatever he wants out of that playbook it is really really exciting it's tough to talk down about a kid who again everybody doubted him he's going out there shattering everybody's expectations it's been so much fun to watch um before we move along Wait, really quick okay actually go ahead okay uh well before we move along to the questions are there any other notes that we need to know about you know, honestly, like I said, it was a, it was a rather short presser because they were trying to get out of there. But the one thing um, that I think everybody talked about too was next man up mentality because you know they asked about Brady Russell's injury and asked about the injuries on the offensive line. Sam Neuer talked about it. Carson Wells talked about it, and Carl Durrell all touched on. We have a next man up mentality. You know, we're not afraid. And and I think it was I believe it was Carson Wells. Um, you know, everybody they he said everybody prepares like they're a starter which I thought was interesting. You know, they expect to get on the field and rotate throughout. So they have the confidence that they can play the position if they need to be called on. So when you see a guy go down like Brady Russell, that's going to hurt your offense. He was Neuer's number one target last week. So it's going to be a reasonable expectation that the passing game might regress a little bit. Realistically, they just found ways to get to other parts of the playmakers. People were ready to have their number called if they needed it. Did so, they mention anything just about what the injury was? No, no, no talk on injuries. Nobody asked about it. So okay. I'm going to assume... That means always bad to assume about injuries, but we saw him on the sideline jogging around a little bit. He wasn't, you know, in hoodie after after halftime or anything like that. So you got to have a reasonable expectation that it wasn't too serious. Be yeah. Too serious, yeah. So there mm -hmm. should be a little bit of cautious optimism as far as Brady Russell goes. Yep, and we'll be hearing from Carl on Monday, and we can ask then and hopefully get an update. Um, well, if that's it, um, before we answer your questions, get those in now if you haven't yet. 
uh, I want to remind everybody about an awesome deal that is happening with Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, this is a special time because actually if you, uh, uh, let's start with the normal deal. The normal deal <laughs> is that if, if, uh, you subscribe to any one of their products, uh, their CBD infused coffees, you can get them, uh, on, I guess we'll subscription. They come every two, four, six, six, eight. Yep. Is there maybe three weeks? I think three weeks. Might two, three, two. four, six, eight. Yeah, sounds good. You want to explain that Wi-Fi? Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, you get every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. Plus, you get 20% off any product that you subscribe to, whether it's the uh, K-Cups or the Grounds or the Whole Beans. Strava Craft Coffee is a game-changing coffee that's really changing lives, uh, whether you have anxiety, IBS, um, back pain. It'll help with all sorts of different things. And right now, there's an even better deal. Um, through this Monday at midnight, all DNVR members can get 30% off their purchase at Strava. Uh, if you haven't tried this incredible CBD infused coffee, now is the time. Because uh, seriously, 30% off is a great deal. Um, and let's see, if, if you became a member this week, um, you can reach out to help at thednvr.com to get your Strava coupon code. Otherwise, you should already have it. Uh, if you aren't a DMVR <laughs> subscriber member, then uh, you can also get 20% off your order using the code DMVR20. So check out some Strava Craft Coffee. Why don't you tell people how they can become a DMVR member and help you out? You can help me out. So here's how it works. There's this competition that we do about every year at DMVR, and the Buffs fans... I mean, the buffs typically lose, but here's the thing though. Here's the thing. This is a year when buffs aren't losing. And so this is going to also happen here in this competition. The buffs are going to win. Um, the competition works like this. We're all trying to get as many new members as possible to use our promo code when they sign up. So for us, it's buffs, just B-U-F-F-S. And you can get that when you're, uh, you just enter the promo code when you're getting a membership. And if you use that code, you'll get a whole bunch of awesome swag as well. You'll get your choice of any of the DMVR shirts. There's the new one that we keep plugging um, on the show. There it is again. Beautiful. A beautiful shirt. You can use it on that. So good. And whatever shirt you choose, you'll also get a free DMVR mask. You'll get a DMVR sticker pack and uh, you'll make me really happy. And we can, I don't know. if. If the buffs win this competition, I don't know what I'll do, but it'll be something crazy. And uh, we can work on that if we pull uh, Henry's I told, smile is priceless. Folks. I told I mean, Henry <laughs> he has no chance of beating the Broncos in this competition, so uh, prove me wrong. You should, like, throw a pizza party if the buffs win a pizza party. I could throw a pizza party. <laughs> Everybody meet at the DMVR bar. Also wear your mask and stay away. Speaking <laughs> of the DMVR bar, <laughs> come down next week for the game. Yeah, seriously, it was a lot of fun. Singing the fight song after oh. every score. Yep. It felt uh, so good to sing the fight song again, like, mm. with other people, not just alone in your house. So if you want to come it, down. You, you sing it when you're just at home? I do. When they win. Okay. Uh, I do after every score. Interesting. <laughs> Speaking of prizes, I'm I'm going rogue here. If anyone can name who no, all of these players are, are mine. Are, you can't <laughs> give them away. First of all, those are mine. No, they're mine. They're in my office. No, those, I'm not giving them away. Unbelievable. These are mine. My sister got them for me in Russia. Um, if anyone can name who all five of these players are, number seven, eight, four. 21 and 84 uh, I'll give you a free DNVR shirt oh wow the stakes have been raised folks yeah I have all the names on the back on my side and I still can't get close <laughs> okay yeah. question um, time yes definitely question time 
Okay, so we have Matt here asking, legit question, do you all feel that Carl, Carl Durrell is an upgrade from Midnight Mel? Much love from Houston, Texas. Yes. Okay, so there's a lot to be discussed here. <laughs> yep. um, and it's it, it, you could do a whole podcast on this, and maybe we will soon. But I don't know. It's Time will tell. Where Mel Tucker, and this was the take I was about to unleash before I decided to let you do your reads. Where Mel Tucker succeeded so much was as a recruiter. And that's where Carl Durrell is going to have to compete with Mel Tucker. From a game day preparation standpoint, right now I'll probably lean Carl Durrell. But with that being said, he's going to have to recruit. But success breeds recruiting. And there's two ways to recruit. And that's by just being a really good salesman. And the other one is by winning. Mm -hmm. And if Carl Durrell can turn around and show kids right now, hey, uh, you know, I just took Colorado to their first bowl game their second bowl game in, what is it, 20 years at this point. Um, we're building something special here, not to mention we have the best uniforms in the country, and you can play early, and our facilities are brand new and all those things. He's going to be able to sell this program. Um, but the, the one thing that I don't want to hear is that Carl Durrell is winning with Mel Tucker's players. Because he's not. No, he definitely is not. He's he, winning with Mike McIntyre's players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah except for Brendan Rice. Okay, you There got, is one. No, there's a couple. Brendan Rice... Uh, you know, Mark Perry. Ashad Clayton got Ashad in there. Ashad Clayton got in did, there. Did, did, was Mark Perry a Mel Tucker recruit? I think so. I don't know. Because he played last year. He would have been late in the cycle, but it's possible. I think so. I'm not okay. sure. Either way, I don't want to hear it. Either way. He might at some point win with Mel Tucker's players, but at right now, that's not what's going on. So don't try to, you know, do this trickle-down economics thing <laughs> and say that, oh, Carl Durrell's succeeding because of Mel Tucker. It's simply not true. Carl Durrell is succeeding with a quarterback who Mel Tucker put at safety. Now, that's not to say that Sam <laughs> Neuer should have been starting over Steven uh, Montez last year, but, I mean, <laughs> you look at the success into this year, and you can't tell me that Sam Neuer should have been playing safety in front of Tyler Lytle, Blake Stenstrom, because Sam Neuer's balling right now. Sam Neuer's in a legitimate conversation up there as the best players in this conference. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sam Neuer's yeah. playing like a kid who... Hopefully he doesn't. But if he wanted to go to the NFL after this year, he would be invited to the Senior Bowl. Like, that's yeah. the type of quarterback that he's playing right now. If, yeah. if he keeps it up, you know, yeah, it's still sure. early. Uh, like I said, he's playing right now. Yeah, right now, though, he's looking like he should get drafted compared to, like, the other quarterbacks we're seeing all over the place. But, you know, the, the one place where you really have to give Mel Tucker some credit is with the defense. You know, coming in, this is all entirely his scheme, which Tyson Summers helped him run last year. And and in the offseason, actually, when we were going through the coaching change, we learned Tyson Summers would be back. You know, I asked a couple of my sources, was the defensive success late in the year more because of Mel or more because of Tyson? And it was basically a 50-50 split, hmm. which goes to say that maybe Tyson Summers is capable of his own thing. But whatever the case... This defense isn't here in Boulder without Mel Tucker. Now, maybe some other defense would be successful, um, but we are in year, year two of the defensive scheme he implemented, and it is going very well. You know, if to It's also given up over 30 points back-to-back -back weeks. Yeah, yeah now, there's that too. <laughs> some of that is garbage time, and so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that you know, it's a knock because the defense has done enough to win in back-to-back -back weeks. Mm -hmm. That's all you ever ask for. And, you know, the, the, the thing that I think really seals it for Carl, honestly, is that he isn't just going to up and leave. Absolutely. That isn't even a threat. He is in Colorado for the long haul. He's here until he gets fired or he retires. I truly believe that. And 
Hopefully he builds a program while he's here. But the one thing we certainly know is that he isn't going to do what Mel Tucker did, which makes Mel Tucker a significantly less valuable head coach because of that threat. Shut out today, by the way. Shut out today, by the way. Speaking yeah. of. In case you hadn't heard. <laughs> what did they score last week? Seven? Uh, yeah, which seven was exactly one-seventh of what their opponent scored. Yeah. Seven points in two nah. weeks. Mel <laughs> yep. Tucker's offense, not his offense, Jay Johnson's offense, which... Ugh. <laughs> yeah. uh, averaging 3.5 points per game over the last two weeks. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, okay. and, oh, the Buffs are averaging 3.5 points per possession, I would venture to guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and just real quick, Ali, before you jump to the next one, that's why as soon as, Ali, you read this question, I immediately said yes. Un unquivocally yes, because Calderell believes in this program. It is now clear that Mel Tucker was using Colorado as a you know a, a, stepping stone a, yeah exactly a stepping stone program whereas carl durrell durrell believes this is that program to you know build your career at so I absolutely think, henry you made the gary barnett comparison to me over the off season said you know i think carl durrell can be a gary barnett for this program and to this point i think it's a perfect comparison um and gary barnett's easily the best coach the buffs have had in my lifetime okay. well i guess i was alive for the end of the bill mccartney era but at least in my true fandom. Am I safe to ask a question? Yes, yes. go ahead. Sorry. Okay, are we sure? <laughs> this is the last Mel Tucker question I will highlight, but someone said, would Mel be 2-0 if he was still at Colorado? Hmm. Impossible to say. Impossible to say, but what we can well, certainly say is that the Sam execution... Sam Neuer wouldn't have been the quarterback. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. It would have been Brendan Lewis, and that would probably have a lot more freshman bumps. And if he was still here, you would also be seeing Jay Johnson's offense still. Ugh. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> Again, you don't know for sure. You, there's no way of knowing for sure, but... I can't think of I, any positives. I can't say yes confidently. Would a Jay Johnson offense put up 48 points to beat UCLA? Did the Jay Johnson offense ever put up 48 no, points? No, that's so... Did Jay, Jay Johnson have an offense? Or did he just have like a bunch of guys out there? I mean, he did call <laughs> the flea flicker against Nebraska. He'll always have that. Yep. Yeah. And um, that's why he will be remembered very what did they differently. Score? Did they, I think they dropped a 50-piece on CSU last year. Yeah, uh, they did, did score they? more. I think it was 52. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, that, I mean, you know, we're... But, <laughs> I think I could drop 52 on CSU. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Um, more uh, questions? Next question. We've got a lot. So All right, maybe, let, maybe let's speed it up a little bit. Um, do you think... Neuer's knowledge playing safety last year has helped lead in reading defenses in the first two games. Yeah, we mentioned that earlier. A hundred percent has. Like, a I guess I can't say it a hundred percent has because I don't know us. how he read defense before. He's yeah. told us that it did help. He said that that was huge for him, seeing how they think about the game and what they look for. Honestly, I truly believe that. You know, I just I just said that that Brendan Lewis can basically have a double red shirt. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding when I say I think he should sit in on some safety meetings. Uh, no, honestly, honestly. And like, that's the question because Sam points to a couple of different thing he, things. He points to the time he spent safety. He also points to what it meant for his development to spend so much time around Cepho and Steven as they were going through this process. And I think that Brendan's still in the phase where he really needs to see how Sam approaches things because Sam knows. And once Sam's gone, there isn't going to be somebody who knows. Uh, so but maybe a couple meetings. I, I'm telling you, once a week, <laughs> once a week, he should be sitting in with the safeties. There is no yeah. evidence to suggest that playing safety and then going back to quarterback does not work. That's so, true. 
Doesn't make you a legitimate Heisman candidate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next question from Peter Martin. He says, okay, impossible question. Rank the talent of our wide receivers. We are loaded. Look at, like, Daniel Arias had one catch today. (laughs) Who was called uh, DK Metcalf Jr. by Katie Nixon in the offseason, and he had one catch. You know, I I think that his role is still developing. I, I think that what he is going to be really good at is being a deep threat. And yeah. we just haven't seen Sam take many of those deep Except shots. Except for on, I love how well he recognizes the offsides. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are the only times he's really thrown the nine route, I think. Yeah, but they haven't been to Arius yet. And I think that it, it might just take some time, but certainly he has not produced in the way that I had hoped. Um, I'm watching this Florida-Arkansas game over here. <laughs> Every time I look up, there's a touchdown being scored. Yeah, that's SEC football. <laughs> People don't want to admit it, but it's all offense now. I think the the best receiver on this team right now is Demetri Stanley. Yes. I think you wanna you wanna rely on Katie because he's been here a while and he's shown flashes, but Katie's not healthy, he's not been on the field, so you have to look at production in this year and also the chemistry with, with Sam Neuer. Demetri Stanley really tops that list. Interesting to see when KD gets back onto the field, what his role looks like, you know, mm-hmm. what 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 that's gonna be like. Yeah, where do, who does he whose snaps does he take? Where does he fit in? Just for what it's worth, 42 first-half points in this uh, Arkansas-Florida game. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, I mean, technically Maurice Bell has been starting in Katie Nixon's place. Is it Daniel Arias or Maurice Bell who goes to the bench? I'm not so sure. Um, I know that, to me, uh, I, I have Katie Nixon just a half-step. He's my 1A, Dimitri Stanley 1B. From there down, I, I go Maurice Bell. I go Vontae Chenault. I go mm-hmm. Daniel Arias, although I do think that Daniel has a – significant chance of just rising up all the way toward like the the number two number three spot with one big game which he is definitely capable of and then from behind Arius, um probably brendan rice next um jalen jackson right there behind him <laughs> i mean got a lot of options there's no fair exactly. way of doing this yeah like, well yeah. that's why he said it was impossible i know <laughs> but like brendan rice could easily be number one we just haven't had a chance to see it yet. Yeah. yeah, because they can't target a guy 20 times a game. You know, they're spreading the ball around really well, and, and all these guys are flashing. That's why, you know, after today, I'm like, I want to see more Levante Chanat out there. He looked great. But, again, yeah. it's that question of whose snaps are you going to eat into because everybody's playing so well. I yeah. absolutely love this question from Will Wong. Ten years ago, our hoops team lost Bazdelic to Wake Forest, and we, quote-unquote, settled for Tad Boyle. <laughs> Deja vu? Go Buffs. Yep. It checks out for me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, you know, back then, I remember uh, people were calling um, Mike Bone I-25 Mike because he hired Danny Sanchez to, call, to coach the yeah. soccer team. I believe he was at Wyoming at the time. Okay. And then he hired Tad Boyle to coach the basketball team, and he was, of course, at Northern Colorado. Uh, both of those have seemed to work out pretty well. Both coaches are still here. Yep. So uh, this very well could be that that type of situation. Um, the bus kind of lucked into Tad Boyle. Like you just, you, you couldn't have predicted Tad Boyle to be the best coach in Colorado history when they hired no. him. No. And, and it's uh, only getting better. Yeah. Like, like they are just about to enter the oh, golden yeah. era of Colorado basketball. I mean, at least in recruiting, that's what this suggests. Yeah. And, and even Tad himself has said, this is the best backcourt I've ever coached, which is saying something when you look at all the backcourts that he's Spencer Dinwiddie and Askia Booker. <laughs> yeah. 
And, yeah. And that shows yeah. what happens when you have coaches that buy into the culture and, and are sure. looking to just build their own program. You know, I could go mm-hmm. on and on about Tad Boyle because I am a I'm a college hoops college hoops guy. Got some articles dropping on the DNVR soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, shameless shameless plug there. Subscribe mm-hmm. to the DNVR dot uh, com. But Use you know, promo code buffs. B- promo code if buffs. If you're gonna yeah. do it, you gotta do it. Um I mean you just need to get a guy in the building that believes in the building, believes in being there. And it's clear that Mel Tucker didn't and you know I, Boy it, did he pretend well though. He, oh great actor. Phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Academy <laughs> Award winning actor. Uh, so but yeah. More questions? I almost cursed. Oh, I, we have a lot of questions. Uh, I told real you quick, that. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Real quick. Peter okay, Martin quick. is really close to guessing the names on there, but he asked for the last number again because it's very teeny. See, now he's looking stuff up. What does he say? <laughs> he just said, what's the last number? It's teeny. It's 84. What What was his guess, though? Seven Cody Hawkins. Eight. Okay, um, he's way off. Um, oh. <laughs> He's way off. He's he way off. He doesn't want to buy a shirt. My goodness. But I'm serious. He is way oh, off. Oh, wow. I didn't read the others. Um, so the last number is 84. But uh, you're... Dang, Peter. You're off to... A, I'm not even going to say. I mean, that would have been a better bobblehead, I will say. Or not bobblehead. Yes. I wish doll. the collection was yes. what he said they were. <laughs> yes. But these Russian-made teams. were from Russia. <laughs> yeah. In um, Russia, they weren't really like... You know, figuring out who are legends around. No, got the colors right, though. Uh, Next question, though. Okay, we've got some questions from Twitter. Um, First one is, what did you think of the O-line shuffle today from Dylan? There were struggles. There were struggles specifically early. I mentioned them in passing, but basically what happened was Colby Purcell couldn't play the center, and a a very good center at that. Uh, They moved Kari Cooch from guard to center and there's the laugh my goodness guys five more games you guys better tighten up um but uh we have uh uh to do who subbed in it was uh chance really lytle yeah left guard chance lytle every time they laugh they fluster you i every time i lose my it's like okay here we are this nice mature show i'm excited for four more of these yeah five more yeah six more six more yeah wait seven seven college football playoff that's two um, okay, but Chance Lytle comes in left guard, and we saw him struggle early. A couple of those plays were blown up. I think he had one on the first drive. The pick was because he didn't pick up a stunt that came his way, um, and it just the guy wound up in Sam's lap. The, the answer was early on in the game, I thought they probably should have kept Josh Gines at center because he was able to get the job done last week, but for some reason they thought they had to make the switch. I didn't notice anything that would make me think that you got to do something different. But what happened early didn't really work. And uh, it did get better from there, though. And, yeah. and there were there were problems in the beginning of the last game, too. You know, just timing issues with poles and that sort of thing that got tightened up quickly. So it's not like the start to the last game was perfect either. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I would echo that. I would always... You know, and obviously my coaching experience is none. But I would say if you're making changes to the offensive line, you're going to want to just change one position rather than two because you want to try and keep as much of that cohesion together. Because we saw that last week, Giants plugged in there, and the offensive line really didn't skip much of a beat. But, you know, again, to that point, some struggles early, but they were able to bounce back. You know, they, they finished the game fairly strong. So I think offensive line overall still deserved helmet stickers like we talked yeah. about. And once you get Colby Purcell back, I mean – Jarek Broussard back up in the 200-yard-per-game conversation. I can't believe he just, like, printed out a 120-yard game. Like, it, it really was, didn't feel like it. It was not a sexy 120 nope. yards. And, it, and it's not like he didn't average a good, a good no, number. No, it was four and a half per carry. It was so very, <laughs> really was, good. The game was so well coached. To yeah. get the ball in his hands, because you know, there were times early on where we said, 
Why aren't you giving the ball to Jarek? Why aren't you giving the ball to Jarek? Why are these other running backs in the game? And he wound up getting the ball 27 <laughs> times just on the ground. I think they were trying that's, to get those other good. guys in a rhythm. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> feed your bell cow. Give if him 35. Feature, if you've got I want feature, him early, and if you have to go to Mangum when you're trying to salt it late, I, I, I don't love that either. But Yeah. I think whenever teams try and get two backs involved, neither do. Because you need those touches yeah, to get the in a rhythm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so Jarek Broussard got in a rhythm. 27 carries out. Maybe a little bit much, but it worked. Yeah. So. All right, what else we got? Okay. We um, were not quick that time, sorry. No, not quick at all. It's okay. Um, we've <laughs> what, got, what do, we still does anyone have anywhere to go on a Saturday night? I wish. We still have Someday people. I'm going downstairs to drink more. That's the only <laughs> place I got to go. We still have people hanging out, so thank you for everyone who's watching. Like Henry said, go give this a like if you're watching on YouTube. Go yeah. give it a like if you are watching on Periscope on the Twitter. Um, okay, David said, if everyone has a free year of eligibility, how does that affect scholarship numbers and incoming freshmen across the country? Yeah, don't talk to a <laughs> compliance person about this because it's their <laughs> literal nightmare. Yeah. Um, Do we even know? We I mean, don't know. Yeah. That, the, the thing with that is it's pretty much determined at the, at the top level, and I think the NCAA is taking as much time as they can to figure all that out. And it's going to go up. Yeah. yeah. They, have, they have no choice. It's just like they have no choice but to allow teams to give out more scholarships uh, yeah. because this came out of nowhere. For, for those who don't follow, FBS teams are allowed to have 83 scholarships, 85, 85 scholarships. And so by giving all these scholarships to the seniors again next year, you wind up with a weird number situation. But, yeah, you know, I, I asked uh, Tad about it uh, early in basketball camp because that's when they were starting to learn about what was going to happen there. And I've he, just heard that, like, Tad is like, we need 20 scholarships. Like, I'm sorry, just deal with yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically what he said was, yeah, I love it. I think they should get another year here. I have no idea how they're going to do it with the scholarships, though. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> that's, that's he really going to no be idea, a big deal. We have no yeah. idea. It's going to be, uh, for lack of a better term, a shit show. Yep. It'll work out in the end, But though. they'll figure out a way. Yep. Okay, Peter. You're not going to take kids off of scholarship. No. That would can. be yeah. evil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the NCAA is kind of an evil, <laughs> evil organization at some time. That's but true. But I would say that they figure out a way to do the right thing here. All right. Peter hope. here says, I give up. All right. If no one else is guessing <laughs> except Peter, uh, I'll give out the names here. Seven, Cody Hawkins. Eight, Demetrius Sumler. Oh, wow. 21. Demetrius Sumler is a deep cut. Uh, uh, oh, number four, Patrick Williams. Uh, shout out. He's an NFL coach these days. I run into him at the Combine every year. Awesome dude. Speaking of awesome dudes. you have that? I haven't. It's Maybe never I come up? next time. Uh, number 21, Scotty McKnight. Number 84, Tyson DeVray. So all of these were from one season. They aren't legends. Um, that's where you got caught up there, so Peter. So Peter got two right. He got Cody Hawkins and then Scotty McKnight. So you get yep. two fists of a shirt, just like the <laughs> midsection. So you can either have a crop no, or No, you like just get belt. two sleeves. <laughs> oh, sleeves only. Don't do that to him. <laughs> only sleeves. You okay. can wear it as like a do-rag. Oh, yeah. Questions, Alex. Okay, Alan. guys. We have three more questions. Um, we've got Peter here asking. I'll go for your question first since you have been the only one guessing. Important question, is next game for bowl eligibility or do we get to at least four? You guys touched on that a little bit, but quickly. I honestly don't think it's been clarified. At least I haven't seen anywhere whether you have to be 500 includes your week seven game. But all I know is that I think as of right now, if a team makes a college football playoff, Pac-12 gets seven bowl games. If not, they get six. And if you wind up in a situation where one of your teams could have been in a bowl game and they don't get into a bowl game, 
there should be riots. Yeah, you failed. Oh. You failed. You failed your conference. I will riot. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, we don't get to charge the field this year, so we'll riot instead. Yeah. Um. Here's what I'll say. Quickly. The buffs. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> the way you start that just means it's gonna be a long one. Okay. So think of it this way. The buffs have already shown they can beat bottom half of the Pac-12 conference teams pretty easily. If they're in the top half of the conference, that means they already secured bowl eligibility. Yep. If they're in the bottom half of the conference, let's say they win, they go three and three, and they're playing a bottom half of the conference team in game seven, I think they're going to win anyway. Yep. So they're going to go four and three. They're going to win that game. Uh, they're going to go to a bowl, and they're going to go five and three, and uh, and we'll be happy. I real quick, Ali, I'm sorry. Um, just because I think it, I don't want to temper expectations. I don't want to be that guy, but also. I, I feel like this, the end of this season, might feel like March Madness, where, yeah, the buffs should have gone to dancing, but it didn't because it didn't happen. I don't know how many bowls are going to be around for a 4-3 and three Pac-12 team because you might see some cut. So just sure also. Yeah, I mean, I, but this if they go 4-3, and the season is an unequivocal success, absolutely. and whatever happens with bowl games and all that doesn't matter. But with that being said, next week is a must-win against Arizona State because you got to show that you're able to compete. Yep, and, and right now, like I said, six Pac-12 teams should make bowls, seven if there's a college football playoff team. Unlikely. That's because there have already been two Pac-12 bowl games cut, and there could be more between now and then. That number could go down. I'd be surprised if it goes up. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't end up playing any bowl games outside of the Pac-12 or yeah. the college football playoff. It's possible. But it's one of those things that if I would have told you we'd be right here, we would have been right here three months ago. Wouldn't have believed that either. Yeah. A question, though? Allie? Yes. Sorry. More questions. Here, Peter is saying Allie's ready to go. No, she I'm is. not ready to go. Oh. I just want to make sure all these questions are answered. We're already going an hour 20. Allie and hates these buffs people, talk. Yeah. Crazy. Absolutely Allie not. Allie hates the buffs. It's, it's a celebratory pod, Allie hates Allie. the buffs. <laughs> all right. We're here all night. Lies. Yeah. Um, if you guys need more buffs talk, we'll be at the DMVR bar. Anyways. Seriously, come hang out. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, there's some people who've been waiting for their questions to be answered, so I just want to get to them. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm not right. I'm staying here at the bar for a while. I'm just saying I want to answer all of these. Next question is, we just what scolded. coach do you best compare Durrell's style to? Gary Barnett. From Antonio. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I mean, does it have to be? Uh, are, are we just looking for buffs comparisons? It could be any coach. Or it could I, be any coach. I... I just I like Gary Barnett had that even keel type of thing going for him. I know he ended up having some controversy later in his career, which I don't think you'll see under Carl Durrell. But just you know the the good preparation, the calmness, the desire to be at Colorado. I get a lot of Gary Barnett. Yeah, I'm really struggling to come up with one. You know, it seems like like nobody's going after offensive. David minds. Shaw is one that people have made. Yeah, I think that's a good comp. I mean, it, it shows that you can put together a good game plan. Mm -hmm. Your teams are going to be competitive. Um, you know, David Shaw had some highs, has had some lows, but overall he's a strong head coach. I mean, anybody would have taken David Shaw in a heartbeat if you had the chance. So, Yeah, that's a good one. You know, it's just so tough to find because even David Shaw, the things that he does, they feel a bit stale. And when you watch his Buffs offense, it's nothing not stale. feels stale about it but at all. But that's Chev. That is yeah. probably more Chev than anything. Chev, you know – People, this is a, this is what I why I always say coaches are allowed to learn too, because yes. everyone is on board with players learning. Everyone thinks players will progress as they get older. 
Rarely does it happen with coaches. Rarely does people do people say, oh, he'll get better. And Darren Cheverini got to do the dance once. And he made a lot of mistakes. I'll never forget that, that USC game oh. when the Buffs were undefeated, <laughs> where they just went east and west the whole game and they got the crushed. The entire game. And, like, you're, that was Darren Cheverini's one and only year as a play caller. And he had LaVisca Chenault out there. And he did. Like, and, so, and his strategy seemed to be feed LaVisca Chenault. And then LaVisca got turf toe and, you know, the, the game plan kind of, you know, went in the garbage. But coaches are allowed to learn. Coaches are allowed to get better. Darren Cheverini, to me, is already proving, proving himself to be a better play caller now than he was then. Definitely. But even then, he was really good at exploiting teams' weaknesses. Remember that first game against CSU where he literally just ran LaVisca Chanel underneath the offensive line like seven or eight times in that game? And it was unstoppable. Unstoppable. <laughs> and he recognized that for whatever reason and made it work. And he did that a lot of times throughout the year. Obviously, that's the year where the Buffs lose seven straight to finish the season. And so everyone had a stale taste in their mouth. Something had to change. But people don't realize enough that coaches can learn and coaches can get better. Darren Cheverini showed a lot of potential that year. But things had to change because of what happened. Uh, and so I'm excited to see what he has now. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think that it's it's too early to say that he's going to be great or anything like that. But through two weeks, he has been on fire calling plays. You certainly don't regret now that you had to promote him to keep him around. Seriously. Not at all. Seriously, and it's worth remembering that this is his first time having total control. Because yep. even before, he was a co-offensive coordinator yep. and was kind of splitting those responsibilities. But you look at a guy with Cheverini's background from Texas Tech with the air raid, going through everything he's gone through, now getting these West Coast pieces from Carl Durrell. This is what you want an offense to be. These are all the pieces of what you want an offense to be. Don't laugh at me when I'm Sorry. talking. You No. Um, but but, Can but you just seriously, run through I'm the excited. Offensive line real quick? I was thinking about it. <laughs> Allie, question? <laughs> now, no. Now we're going to just sit here and laugh. <laughs> I, I, I'll sit here. I'll sit here quietly until there's a question. No, I totally agree. Watching Chev uh, play call this year compared to last year is just like no other. It's completely different. And he Two did, years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. He did need to grow. He did need um, that time to learn. And I think what people were expecting two years ago was just him to figure it out throughout the season, and it didn't happen. He needed a full season of those mistakes, like that USC game that haunts Buffs fans, um, to get to where he is today. So I totally agree. Um, Eric here in the comments saying, Michael Malone gets better every year. He does. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Coaches learn, too. Mm-hmm. Make a shirt. <laughs> Make a Please. shirt. I wonder if we can put his face on it. <laughs> that okay. seems degrading. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is, it doesn't have the positivity. That, okay. Quick, quick shout-out to Scott Carpenter here saying, ordered my Strava today. Looking forward to yes. see if it helps my back. Shout-out, yeah. Scott Carpenter. Let Great park. Uh, hey. Yeah. Hey, so you're not a true boulder guy. Scott Carpenter no. Park, a great place to hang at Inu over the uh, over the little creek there. Yep. Henry take, looks take so lost. Boulder Creek runs through Scott Carpenter Park. Nice sledding oh, hill. Creek. Mm -hmm. There's also a rocket ship on a playground there because Scott Carpenter was an astronaut. No way. Yep. That's Scott Carpenter? Yes. <laughs> hey, congrats, Scott. Well, no, this is isn't that Scott Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my God, Henry. I'm sure what you do is cool, too, Scott Carpenter. And also tell Regular us what you Scott think Carpenter. of that Strava Craft coffee. And, it's again, non-psychoactive. Won't make you think you're on the moon. 
which to me is a negative, <laughs> but to many is a positive. Okay, DNVR uh, after dark getting real. All right. Yeah. Oh, is there Pac-12 football starting? Yeah. No, don't, this this is more important. Oregon though. and Washington State. Next question. Oh, yeah, that's GoBuffs3 asks, if I asked you six months ago in May of this year, what are the odds that Neuer and Broussard will both start for CU this season and the Buffs will start 2-0, what would you have said? Zero. I would have said zero and been very wrong. I would have said, like, oh, is the world about to end? Yeah. (laughs) There would have been yes. Six six months ago, there there was no chance. Jared Broussard, I don't think. Sam Neuer wasn't even on the (laughs) 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 I mean, there's no. Sam had um, moved back what's to Oregon. Accident. What's crazy about Jarek Broussard is he was bemoaned uh, last year because Max Borgie was balling out. The reason Max Borgie decommitted was because the Buffs accepted a commitment from Jarek Broussard. Now, you know, Max Borgie is an elite Pac-12 running back. Yep. Uh, and whether or not Jarek Broussard ends up being better than him is to be seen. But I remember having this conversation last year, which was like, oh, Broussard's just some injured guy that we may never even see. Right. Uh, they took a huge L there accepting that commitment. Well, so far, so good. Like I said, you know, he's averaging, what, uh, over 150 yards per game? Scott Carpenter's related to Scott Carpenter. Hey! <laughs> he says, wow. no, I wish I was an astronaut, but I am related to him. Wow. That's awesome. I'm not related to any astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Okay, but that <laughs> must keep me up at night. Like, like, what are the top <laughs> four coolest like it does jobs? Keep him up at night. I don't think there's anybody in the world who wouldn't say astronauts top four coolest job. Okay, so working at the NVR, number one. No, well, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm not an astronaut. I don't know what is a cool that's, job. Astronaut, that's why like, he's not an astronaut. Yeah. Maybe, astronaut I think I might be a little bit tall athlete. too. Yes. Being president, maybe? No. <laughs> no, that's a bad job. I don't want to be hated by that, 70 million people. Then you would say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not related. surprised that I, you Shout said out that. to my great 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 grandfather, Ulysses Astronaut? S. Grant. Oh, no wow. way. Yes, I'm not joking. You might get canceled over Le- that. Wait, why? I don't know. Was, was he, he a bad led, guy? No, he led the Union to a victory <laughs> okay, in, okay. in the Civil War. Let's go, and Ulysses he was S. Grant. The something president. Oh, like wow. 18, don't even know. Maybe. Wow. You uh, gotta know that. Probably, but I'm related. I've spoken to Grandpa in so long, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm related to uh, Woody Allen. I might get canceled for really? that. Really? Yeah. I'm related to Wagner. Uh, who's who? that? Classical composer. <laughs> German. <laughs> hundreds of years ago. Actually, no, I think. I'm gonna research this and we can come back next week, but I think he might have actually had ties to some. Can we get a graphic good, made up that's just like famous Germans. relatives? Uh, <laughs> the yeah. intro segment. I. Uh, have multiple people in my family who are presidents of Ecuador. Oh, really? And there's a castle in Spain named the Monroy Castle. I don't oh. know how that compares. <laughs> there's a Königsberg Castle in Germany. There we go. There's we a got Chisholm Castle here. No, there isn't. Damn. <laughs> don't talk about the sand castle you made. <laughs> no, okay. Anyways. <laughs> Any more questions? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, where is Katie Nixon? Jennifer York asks that. Uh, on Her, the sideline. Yeah. He was dressed today, though. According to Brian Howell, he tweeted that he was dressed on the sideline, went through warm-ups, didn't play. Um, It'd be super awkward if he wasn't dressed on the sidelines. <laughs> Naked Katie Nixon? Oh my God. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know I, I, to... think, I think Darrell, I think Darrell mentioned, too, that he could have played last week if they needed him. Mm-hmm. So I think Katie's wow, absence what a slap is... in the face to Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, need him. I mean, honestly, I think that's, you know, a testament to this receiving core. Like, they really don't need to push KD. They can wait and maybe hopefully have him back for some of these bigger games against Arizona State and uh, USC. Yep. Yep. And he's been day-to-day for the last two weeks. 
Um, basically, you saying, have like, to imagine he'll be good to go next week. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if he isn't. But we don't even know who they're going to play. It's supposed to be Arizona State. Arizona I'm calling State. it now. USC is this week. I think it's USC this week, too. I think they make the switch. Sure. I, ASU I'm, and Utah both having COVID problems. Yeah. So take away both of their games against Colorado, Colorado and say, okay, we'll, we'll play during you know a different week. Yep. Uh, and you get Colorado, USC this weekend. That, that was actually a question, so good That's job, guys. a good guys. question. Yeah. See, yes. Allie, we are answering these questions. You answered it without <laughs> even knowing that that was a question. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I'm worried about that. Um, and I just hope they just say, like, tomorrow. Yeah. Colorado, USC this week. Here's a, here's a better question. Uh, let's start here. If Colorado does get this rescheduled, they play USC. USC, which won today, was ranked 20th, I believe, coming into today. Does that get Colorado ranked? Yes. If they beat USC, absolutely. Yes. What if they beat Arizona State? Yes. Absolutely. What? So is it any <laughs> win next week they get in, or are there some teams they could beat and still not make it? I mean, if they somehow play them like Colorado State, they're not going to get ranked. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, uh, but who would put that? <laughs> but Colorado State. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that they uh, – I think that they – will get ranked regardless of who they beat next week. I think so, too. I think this is a big week. I mean, the Pac-12 conference isn't, you know, it, it's not necessarily your top-tier conference, but it still <laughs> has more talent than, you know, some, like, church organization that Ohio State and Bama always opens yeah. their seasons against, you know? You know what my favorite thing about this win is, and, and I, lo I love a lot of things about this win, they lost the turnover battle. Oh, yeah. You can look back at last week and say, like, oh, well, you know, UCLA just turned the ball over at an alarming rate. And that's why Colorado beat them. Mm -hmm. Well, they lose the turnover battle 1-0 today and yeah. win the football game. And they dropped four damn picks. Uh, over and over and over. The, the, oh, double, dropped the double dropped pick <laughs> is the most buffed thing that I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Like, it goes through one guy's hands perfectly and right into another guy. He didn't even have to put it in his hands. No. He could have body caught it. Yeah. Just I think, opened up the jersey uh, and let it fall in. Yes. I yeah. mean, it... That was the most buffed thing I've ever seen in my life. And, and if I'll we be lost, honest, I would have cried over that play. <laughs> I, I was a little concerned coming into this week because of what you mentioned. You know, UCLA had four turnovers, and three of them it was almost back to back to back. And, yep. I mean, at that point, how are you not going to win the game? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the momentum was completely swung. So, again, this, this, this week you lose that turnover battle, but you take advantage of all your other opportunities. I mean, it was a different type of win than last week. They're winning in different ways. And I yeah. think that's the most promising in what was supposed to be a underwhelming and developmental season. They are shattering all those expectations. And to just to go back to like the Pac-12 conference being weak, that Stanford team that Colorado just beat, They've had the same head coach for the last decade, and in the last decade, they rank in the top 10 in the entire NCAA in total wins, in All-Americans, in NFL draft picks, in current NFL players. Sure, they had a down year last year, but that has been a, a very good program consistently over the last decade, and you can find those all over the conference. Yeah. Uh, this whole Pac-12 is bad thing, it is so overblown. Yep. The only difference is you don't have an Ohio State to make all the garbage behind you look a lot better. Yeah. You look at the Big Ten and tell me who outside of Ohio State or Wisconsin could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Oregon well, and, and make Wisconsin it a game. Wisconsin can't even go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Ohio State. No. Right. Yeah. No. And I mean, it, uh, I'll give some shout-out to Indiana because they're playing some good ball right now, mm -hmm. but yeah. That is a very top-heavy conference. Normally, it's Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. This year, you know, Wisconsin squeaks in there because Penn State is a, a clown show, and Mel Tucker is ruining Michigan State. But, well, I guess that, <laughs> that school is kind of hard. Mel Tucker should have realized that following up Mark D'Antonio 
was going to be a really a lot more pressure there than if he would have stayed yes, here. Exactly. But yeah, absolutely. we would have lived with five and seven for like two more years. Yeah. And, and, and now we don't at, have to. <laughs> and looking too at what the Big Twelve is, the Big Twelve isn't doing anything this year. You know, so it's just Pac-12 needs to start to get a little bit more. Credit. First of all, there are ten teams in the Big Twelve, which Huge is problem. dumb to start. <laughs> but of those ten teams coming into this week, nine of them had at least two losses. Wow, they're not good. No. Yeah. None of them were undefeated, and I'm not sure what happened today, but it... And their, their highest-rated team, I think, is Oklahoma State, and I think they're tremendously super overrated. overrated. So. You go 1v1, 2v2, all the way down, Pac-12, Big 12, Pac-12 comes out on top. Yeah, It's just the truth. Anything um, else, Allie? Yeah, a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. I don't see Allie right now because the light is just right yeah, in the way, so I just so hear a voice in the background. Talking, ben, Very just talking, Her teeth are so bright, though. Sometimes <laughs> I, I can see the teeth. <laughs> I am literally like It's like a Wizard staring, of Oz situation. <laughs> Shout out Green Mountain Dental. Allie, just grab a pen and throw it at me. I'm That'll, just staring Henry and Ryan down like... Okay. We can't. It's we great really can't see. You. I know. And then tomorrow morning on the tailgate, we have to watch her make faces at us. Yeah, it's true. Plenty of light then. Huh. Anyways, um, do Peter here asks, do any of you have a vote in the AP poll, and who are you putting at number two behind CU? Honored <laughs> no. to be even thought Henry, that I might have a Henry vote. Henry has a vote in Pac-12 Player of the Week. I have all the Pac-12, which I will – oh, my goodness. I wasn't going to say this, but since it came up, I forgot to submit my Player <laughs> of the Week ballot last it. week. Yeah. <laughs> well, too late. But I forgot to send it in. And Jarek Broussard won Offensive Player of the Week, only running back other than Phil since they joined the Pac-12 to get it. And all day, but until that came out, you I was like, oh, no, is it my fault that Jarek didn't get it? And so, <laughs> so I will not be forgetting that. Chef yeah. Noyardi this week, right? Chef Noyardi. <laughs> you have to. Four total touchdowns, a killer nickname. He's getting ready for Two the Heisman race. Yeah, I mean, come on now. Okay. Yeah. Um, Brent here asking a few more thoughts on that front seven. I don't think we've given them enough love. Sky's <laughs> it's the impossible. limit. It's impossible to give that group enough love. That is, I would take that front seven over just about any front seven. Even I like, had Broncos fans tweeting at me, can the Broncos offensive line and the Buffs offensive line switch? Because that's how desperate yeah. Broncos fans are right yeah, now. I mean, the, the buffs have been awesome in the trenches. Offensive line, defensive line. They've been incredible. And that front seven, that front seven on defense is special. Like, they have special players yeah. in multiple spots along that, along that group. And, and if you want to say it isn't the best front seven in the Pac-12, your argument would be that it's Oregon. Stanford's played both these teams, and we saw what happened to oh, both. Oh, yeah. Oregon. Stanford gashed him up the middle because they had two true freshman linebackers in, and neither of them really knew what they were doing. And now you see what Colorado can do. I, I mean, that group can carry this team a long ways in this conference. Yeah. Oregon down 19-13 at half. Wow. Okay, um, Scott here, or Brent here also saying thanks for all the great coverage, guys. Always a blast to tune in. Thanks for hanging out, Brent. Okay, um, Peter here saying there's literally a food named after you, Ryan. I don't, I don't want to guess how to pronounce that. You can pronounce that. Oh. A Konigsberg Klops? I'm glad we all struggled. <laughs> he said I don't think delicious. it's very good. Tell me more, I don't Peter. Believe Tell that. me more. We need, we need like them that, to try that on the tailgate, Peter. Mm. What did D-Line say there? Uh, Probably something dumb. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Peter. <laughs> I'm not reading that. Peter said, uh, just give Allie a raise already. I agree. I agree, too. <laughs> I agree, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ben just added in, yeah, because he felt pressured. Hey. Anyway. <laughs> I'm bad with peer pressure. I don't hate. Uh, Peter's also asking, is this show going to happen after every basketball game, too? We need more Buffs coverage. We haven't talked about basketball yet on that end, but we will be doing at least a good amount of shows. I Not will sure say if to, it's every show. I will say to Peter, I've got a lot of basketball stuff cooking up right now. Um, I don't want to brag or anything. A rec basketball player in high school, so clearly, you know, there's a lot of just knowledge right right back here to expose. Um, <laughs> expose is a bad word. Don't expose yourself back there, Ben. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know about uh, live shows every time, but as soon as basketball season starts up, this coverage is definitely going to continue. We'll be doing something. You guys keep we'll watching. We'll keep delivering. Exactly. It's very true. But come hang out every Buffs football game. We will be doing a show, um, with, and we will be watching the game here at the bar pretty much every single mm -hmm. time. And if not, we'll still be producing a show. But come hang out. Those are yeah. all the questions I have for you we guys. We made it. An hour wow. 40 in. We keep Do going. you guys have any questions? DMVR Broncos <laughs> style right here. Okay, one more question. One more question. Yeah. If you got to make a Russian nesting doll out of only <laughs> current CU buffaloes, Ooh. who would make your nesting doll and what size would they be? Okay. But doll? Is that what you said? I, it's, I don't talk about dolls very often, Allie. I talk about so balls a do lot. Do I only get five since there's five there? <laughs> because sports. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you get five. Okay, yeah, Chef Noyardee, Jarek Broussard, Dimitri Stanley. Three Nate Landman. Yep. Okay. Nate. Man, this last one is tough. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh. I'm just going to give it to him because I think he's a future NFL player, and that's Mustafa Johnson. Good pick. Yeah. I, I'd go Neuer, Broussard, um, Johnson, Landman, and I'm going to go Carson Wells, too. He has been a ball wow. in these first two games. Carson Wells has been balling out. He should have two picks in two games, yeah. oh, just just off the fingertips this week. I don't know why I asked this. Um, <laughs> here's I'm going to start here. Will Sherman deserves to be in there. Yeah. I would put Carl Durrell on right one. There, I would, too. Put I would, too. <laughs> I would put Darren Cheverino. I'd put Tyson Summers on one. We haven't talked about him nearly enough, got a whole coach either. nesting doll in there. How, how, yes. many, how many nesting dolls well, are allowed? Can we do more than just Vive? Like, I mean, hypothetically, we could make it as like, long you as could we want, right? You could get smaller than this guy on the right, right? You, you could get bigger than this guy. Yeah, it's true. Do we have, Ali, do you know, does DMVR have, like, a nesting doll guy? <laughs> <laughs> can we start doing this? we got to have a woodworking guy. We do have a woodworking person. We, we have oh, one of yeah. our members. The nesting doll does but not, not seem easy. But not nesting doll. I've made no. IKEA furniture before. I could take a swing at this. I've made it, but it <laughs> has mostly broken. That right. stuff breaks easy. Ben, you're, as intern, your project for the week <laughs> oh my God. God. to make a nesting doll. Okay. And do I have to present on the show next week? Yes. Of course. Oh Why else would we make you do this? I don't know. <laughs> just to just shame so me. we can make fun of you? No, Isn't that no, the no, point no, no, of no. having an intern to just give mindless work to? <laughs> yeah, so we can embarrass you this on here. This is not mindless. The world's health is uh, counting yeah. on this. Yeah. <laughs> this is the what's going to solve this. the world's health. Have you health? seen what's okay. going on? The yeah. people need this. All right, the people, I'm looking right at you. This time next week, after a win against Arizona State, I will present my own personal <laughs> nesting doll of Colorado current players. Oh, so happy and people in the night. chat, people in the chat can drop some game grades on my nesting dolls. I love that. Um, I know he said ASU to get out of it in case USC. Oh, is the game. Look at classic that. cop out. Oh, cop out. Okay, cop out. <laughs> I'll back it up. After the bu I shouldn't do that with my hand when I'm speaking. His bad. Uh, I, what? Sorry. I took a <laughs> took a public speaking class and I just had an epiphany. I'm not supposed to cross my legs. But I don't like oh. how high my khaki is there, so I did the no, cross. No, you can you know. cross your legs on nice. camera. Oh. Yeah. 
I got whoever oh, the best beat too? next week. I will present the nesting dolls. Shout out Tyler Ziskin. These were the shoes that he gave to the entire wedding party. Wow. And I don't know if you can see on the broadcast there, but they have gold eyelets. Uh, okay. Um, eyelets. we actually have another Learn question now day. that you guys continue to talk nonsense. <laughs> oh, but can, um, but can like, we finish this by saying like Katie Nixon, oh, Brady Russell, oh, James Stefanow oh, now gone. Back is in mine. Who are you taking out though? That's why I couldn't think. I'll take out. out Mustafa. Wow. But yeah, four offensive players. I know. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Just so we know, though, I, I do have class and stuff, so I can't do like a fifteen-person <laughs> no. one. So well, it better be good. Get, honestly, Your job if there's depends even upon one, it. you win. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Matt here is asking, how underrated has Isaiah Lewis been for this defense? Seriously, I didn't feel like his name was called today. Yeah. Not, not um, much at all. He, that I, mean, also means I think he, he had the fumble beat. recovery he had, that was overruled. Um, that was he. He took that. He he housed that one. The 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 forwards pass when they didn't call it. But oh, right, right. yeah, I mean, I, I think we talked about him last week. He he's a good role player. He's a leader on this team. He he's not going to be your every down starter necessarily, mm -hmm. but he can come in and, and play key downs. And and there was a third down in the first quarter where he was in coverage uh, up the middle, probably 15 yards. And he knocked the ball away. And that was his first pass breakup of the game. I'm not sure how many he finished with. I don't remember any others. Um, but he was the leader in the NCAA coming into this week with three pass breakups wow. per game. Obviously, that means he had three in the in one, one game. game. He had at least one today. I mean, he's been playing really well. Don't know if Chris Miller's coming back next week. I don't remember. Do we see Christian Gonzalez again? Oh, after he got, after hurt? he got hurt. I it don't seemed, remember. I can't it remember. It was late in the game, wasn't it? It, it was. Right so, yeah, we're going to be seeing a lot of Isaiah Lewis. He's their number one nickel. They're going to be using him a lot. Um, and I'm excited because he does look like he deserves that time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Allie's gone. So. <laughs> no, I'm still just here. Oh, there she She's is. She's disappeared oh, into the dark. <laughs> DNVR after dark. No one can see me. How about here? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, there you are. I didn't are. want to make myself so big. but. Wow, and you kept me. Nope. Oh. oh Again, you Hank. chose me. <laughs> I don't this know. This is awkward. Hank, no. get us out of here. Oh, hey. Oh, there's little us. Wait, can everybody say hey. oh. Okay. Um, are we out of questions, then? Peter says you guys rock more gas in the tank than Jokic riding a horse. I don't even know. <laughs> damn right, though. That is going to I be agree. my right. That's going to be my Tinder bio. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, all right. All right. Yep, I think that that's going to do it for today. We'll be back next week doing this again. Uh, supposed to be a late game. Hopefully you guys will stay up with us. Who knows if they're even going to be playing that game, Arizona State at home. But you can stay tuned to the DNVR Buffs podcast and stay tuned to thednvr.com. Um, we'll have all the information that you guys could need. And if you aren't a member at thednvr.com, sign up, use the code buffs. You get so many cool things on top of all the swag I mentioned earlier. And if you're watching swag. on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like and uh, ring that little bell at the top there ring so the you bell. know when we're going live. And I think that was the last point I had to hit. So we are Who's that offensive here. lineman? <laughs> His name is Kari Cooch, and you shouldn't laugh. He's a very good offensive lineman. All right. That's good. We're good. Thanks. Hope you're laughing while he's playing a dozen years in the NFL. I cut your mic. <laughs> <laughs>
12 we station, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd on the way. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you, hit you, hit you. Hey, you on your own now, why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And when you playing with you, you can get it anytime. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com